This is Josh Bond. And this is Angie Meadows. Rocker Recovery. And we're doing the Rocker Recovery Spirit and Soul Disconnect book. We're on Lesson 9 today, Understanding Defilement. Mm. Read the scripture. He who has no rule over his spirit lacks self-control. Is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Now I think that self control is part of the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, that's not something that comes to me. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. That doesn't come to me naturally. I got to go after that. Yes. I got to practice that. So practicing self control is one of the things that we need to do so that we're not defiled by our flesh and by the things of the world. So let's work through the introduction. Sponges soak up everything. If we are a sponge and a person in front of us is angry, we are angry. If they are sad, we are sad. Sometimes we never own our own emotions but become a chameleon of our environment. Preschoolers are famous for soaking up their emotional atmosphere. They don't possess the maturity not to. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit controls his temper than he that takes a city. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. So he that rules his own spirit and controls his own temper is stronger than a man, a warrior, that could come in and defeat a whole city by himself. So I, I know I'm saying preschoolers here, but we're also talking recovering addicts. Yes. They, they have a lot of emotional immaturity. Yeah. So what my books and my lessons do is teach us emotional maturity so that I'm not going with, I'm not soaking up every uh, immature emotion around me. I'm not soaking up sadness and anger. I allow the person to be sad or angry. I may even be compassionate or sympathetic towards them, but I don't have to be angry because they're angry. I don't have to be angry if they're attacking me. I don't have to respond in that way. Instead, I can I can say to myself, a soft answer turns away wrath, and I can speak to them softly yes. and de-escalate instead of escalate. But when you don't have emotional maturity, you don't know how to do that. You're right. Yeah, you're just going to go back at it. Yeah. Another thing, uh, as we talk about not only preschoolers but recovering addicts, me being a recovering addict, I also know this to be true. Like, one, once we get sober, that's when we start growing. So say that I, I do drugs for 30 years, and my first day is clean, and that first year of clean is I'm one year old. I mature fast, mm. so within five years, I'm at 12. Within another five years, you know what I mean? Wow. It, it's like starting all over where – jealous we are possessive where <laughs> we have to go through all the emotions that hurt you know what i mean i see that yeah because they all got shut down turned off and they never grew they never matured particularly when you're speaking to someone who started at a young age yes they missed all of those developmental stages to be able to get knocked around and to stand back up and have confidence yes you're right so if they were abused very young very young they didn't learn any of that they just learned to survive yes Awareness of defilement is key to recovery. Defilement can be another person's actions or behaviors and can cause mental capacity, captivity. captivity. We are Where we are stuck in the past defiling ourselves is common. The rehearsing of lies, uncontrollable circumstances, or broken promises produces a heartache. This type of defilement places us in self-imposed prison. So we can be defiled by others and or ourselves easily. Hmm. Know the difference. When others defile me, it isn't my fault. I must forgive and then take my pain to the foot of the cross and praise God because he gives beauty for ashes. Mm -hmm. 
So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, Isaiah 61, 1-3. through And these verses have been spoken over me several times. So every now and then I'll go through the crowd on Sunday morning and I'll say, I set you free. <laughs> that gate's open. Just just push it back. That prison is open. And, and, you know, some prisoners are in prison behind bars. And then some of us are on the outside. But we're in, still locked up. Yeah, we're locked up. We're locked up in the past, in bitterness, and we're defiling ourselves. Yeah, so let's go here. Helpful versus hurtful. An emotionally immature person cannot allow you to have your own emotions or comfort you. Hmm. The sharing of emotional pain irritates, agitates, and frustrates as they soak it up and mirror it back in an exaggerated manner. No, when my husband and I first got married, I couldn't have an emotion. (laughs) That he didn't mirror back at me instantly. So it was it was dangerous for me to have an emotion because, man, if I was sad, he was really sad. And I, had to, I didn't get any comfort. I had to comfort him. So finally I was like, you don't need to fix this. You yeah. just need to listen. Yeah. <laughs> and that really helped him to just tell him, okay, honey, I, I don't need you to, 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 you know, soak this. I just need you to listen and go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that helped me because I'm a little talker. I needed to get it out. <laughs> Other times they fret on how to fix the problem yep. <laughs> and give unhelpful, unhelpful advice. advice. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Still other other folk will pick up an offense and carry it for a decade, growling and grumbling about the past and justice is done to you. This also isn't helpful. So sometimes if I'm venting, uh, the person that I'm venting to, if they're not really mature, they may not be a problem solver they just may pick up that banner of the offense and be offended and i might get over it and 10 years later they're still mad at the person that hurt me (laughs) instead of all of us forgiving you know (laughs) then you have the polite people who will pretend to listen and then avoid you like the plague (laughs) they don't have the capacity to share your pain either so a lot of people haven't been through the junk that we've been through in addiction and with loved ones in addiction and in domestic violence, and they don't know how to help. Uh, and it's, I don't think they they intend to. They just don't know what to say or what to do. And a lot of times, pain doesn't resolve right away. So there's a consistent chronic ruminating over it when you get stuck. And, and a lot of people don't know how to help you get unstuck, so they just kind of avoid, yeah. <laughs> which I get that. <laughs> so what I try to tell the ones that I work with is bring me your pain. I, uh, I can hold it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, years ago I couldn't hold the pain. I would take that pain inside of me. I'd be trying to figure out how to fix them, how to give them advice, you know, how to control things. And now I'm like, you know, I don't need to fix it. I just need to comfort them. I need to let them know they're heard yes. and that, and love on them and hold them and, and let them grieve. Yes. And then uh, move it from me to the Lord. It's almost like I'm a little channel that goes, the pain comes to me and then I give it to the Lord. And it's just something like, now what are we going to do with this now? How are we going to learn from this? How are we going to grow? Because it lets them lets them grow, yes. It does, it does. yeah. They but if to, they never get heard, if they never get validated, if everybody shuns them and 
abandons that emotional pain, that child inside of them never gets hurt. You're right. The result is the same. Nothing is resolved, and you are alone and stuck in pain. Yeah, so we really need to realize that when we have loved ones that are hurting, it's okay to not be able to fix it. Just yeah. just hold them. Just love on them. Just tell them you're here. You'll listen. And, you know, give them 15 minutes to talk about it, and especially if they've been stuck for 10 years in the same place. Yes. Give them 15 minutes. Say, okay, I want you to get this all out in the next 15, 20 minutes, and then we're going to go have a good dinner, a good meal. We're going to go to the park. We're going to do this or that. And just let them teach them how to enjoy their day. And a lot of times they don't know how to do that. They've been, they've been so stuck so long. So when if you are stuck, if you are hurting, I want you to find a recovery group. I want you to work on understanding yourself and not be afraid of your suffering. Exercise your spirit to discern good and evil. But solid food is for the mature who, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews 5.14 Today will we discern, we will discern the different levels of fools in Proverbs. Proverbs. <laughs> this will help us identify when we are being defiled or defiling ourselves. Okay, so there are several things that I defile myself, and I don't even realize I, I'm doing it. So a level one fool is just naive. It's all children. It's all those that are innocent and just are not properly instructed. So a naive fool is young, simple, without understanding. They're usually lazy or complacent when it comes to seeking wisdom. They don't know how. Nobody's really trained them. They're just, maybe they're just uh, playful. They have a little playful spirit. Maybe there's other things going on that, that overwhelm them and, and nobody's really taught them. So they're just mirroring back the emotions from, a, from parent and caregivers that are maybe uh, fussy or complaining or irritable. So number one. A naive person is easily led astray and ends up in trouble unintentionally. He is impressionable and doesn't recognize danger. A simple, naive man believes anything, but the prudent man gives thought to his steps in Proverbs 14, 15. A simple man cannot discern danger. A prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and are suffering for it. Proverbs 22, 3. He is on his way to death unless he actively receives tutoring. For waywardness of the simple will kill him, and the complacency of fools will destroy them, Proverbs one thirty two. So one of the pillars to finding wisdom is to have the ability to receive instruction and correction. Folly is a lack of good sense or insight. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge, Proverbs 14.18. Folly is undisciplined and has no knowledge. The woman folly. She is loud. She's undisciplined and without knowledge. Proverbs nine thirteen. Aimless, but his tempers have an agenda. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. Proverbs one ten. If we refuse to learn, we will graduate to the next level of foolishness, and then we will be judged in the end. Foolishness rejects God. Ignores advice, refuses rebukes, Proverbs 1, 24 and 25. Then calamity overtakes you. Disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind. Distress and trouble come upon you in Proverbs 1, 27. So it's very important that I, as a simple fool, know that I'm a fool. <laughs> know that I, there's no good thing in me and that I've got to be reaching for that wisdom and asking God to teach me. Number eight. Simple foolishness leads us to being judged if we... Continue to reject wisdom. Mm, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs fourteen twelve. How to identify 
naivety. Yeah, oh, you did that word good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> unguarded, defenseless, and weak. If I'm naive, I'm unguarded, defenseless, and weak. I'd be like a little sheep without a shepherd. Yes. What other ways can I identify with naivety? Weak in discernment, impressionable, kind of like Pinocchio. Uh, follows the peers with a lot of peer pressure, easily swayed, unaware of consequences, open-minded and vulnerable to being enticed, easily drips in, drifts into moral corruption, and he always ends up in trouble. We are to counteract the naivety with accepting instructions and correction. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life in Proverbs 4.13. So I may not know that I'm getting instruction. A lot of times when I give instruction, Josh, I'm too gentle, and people don't realize I'm giving them instructions. (laughs) So I have to write it down. Here it is. This is your instruction for the day. I've written (laughs) it down. Check it off when you've got it done. Come back. Let me inspect it. Let me know. And I need to remember that, you know, because a lot of people – uh, they're going to hear it. They've been used to maybe being yelled at as a child. Yes. And a parent would maybe yell once, yell twice, and then just escalate. And that third time, okay, they'd get up and obey. But if I'm just being really gentle, they're used to passively ignoring uh, that gentleness, that gentle instruction. They don't know how to discern it and to watch for it. And so if we're not receiving instruction, we're going to go to a level two full which is going to be characterized by stubbornness. So a stubborn fool is a sign of being governed by the flesh, and this leads to depravity. Stubborn fool means dull and obstinate, not slow mentally, but slow in wanting to correct themselves and inclined to make wrong decisions because of stubbornness. Stubbornness is one of the greatest character defects. Mm. Yeah, if there's stubbornness in your heart, stubbornness in your life, man, if you don't get a handle on that, that's going to drive that's going to drive you to relapse. It's going to drive you to the streets. It's going to get you fired from every job. If you're if you're in junior high, it's going to get you expelled, setting in timeout. <laughs> you know, you're Push not in prison. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're that, and and I think this comes from not having good uh, people who disciple you, who instruct you and nurture you and train you up in the ways of the Lord. Instead, you're kind of jerked up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when you're just jerked up, man, sometimes you just, you put them walls up and your heart hardens and now you're stubborn. Yes. So a lot of this you'll see in teenagers. And, you know, sometimes those seeds have been planted and it's going to take time for them to, you know, they're going to, the wheat and the tares are going to grow together. So the good and the bad's going to grow together. And until the person can understand that I've got to weed my garden, I got to get rid of that stuff that stuff so let's look at the characteristics of stubbornness unrestrained disobedient involved in evil defends actions deceives others covers up motives (laughs) ways to identify a second level fool self-confident uh do you see a man wise in his own eyes there is more hope for a fool than for him proverbs 26 12 wow unreliable like cutting off one's feet or drinking violence is sending of a message by the hand of a fool. Proverbs 26, 6. Grief to his parents. To have a fool for a son brings grief. There is no joy for the father of a fool. Proverbs seventeen twenty one. Restless. A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the end of the earth. Mm. Proverbs seventeen twenty four. Yeah. So in other words, he's only happy for a minute till he gets what he 
he sees the next thing that he wants and then he's only happy for a minute when he gets it. So he's never really happy. He thinks if I just get that, I'll be happy, but he never really is. So he's very restless, deceptive and slanderous. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs 10, 18. Mm. Arrogance. Arrogant lips are unsuited to a fool. How much worse lying lips to a ruler? Seven, uh, Proverbs seventeen seven. So Proverbs is very important to training ourselves in not being stubborn and understanding how my flesh acts and then being able to discern what's coming at me in the heart of other people. And so for years and years and years, I taught my children Proverbs. Whatever day of the month it was, that was the day we read that proverb. If it was the 23rd, we read the 23rd Proverbs. And so by the time my one daughter was 12, she was giving me counsel. She was like, don't go with an angry man lest you learn his ways and you become like him. And I'm like, look at you <laughs> you've got trained well and you know i was confused i was like yeah well i'm yeah so it's a family member and there she she just told me exactly what god's word said <laughs> and i knew what to do nice. <laughs> so resentful to, of correction a, rebu- a rebuke impresses a man of discernment more than a hundred lashes of a fool Wow, on the Proverbs seventeen ten. Yeah, so you could give a fool a hundred lashes, and he's going to be hard hearted. Get up and do it again. But a discerning man, you could give him some correction, and he's going to be like, "Really? Tell me more. Tell me how I did that. Tell me what's wrong. How can I fix this? Yeah, how can I fix this, man? I didn't. I didn't mean that. So that's a discerning man. So we want to make sure that we're using that discernment and that ability to receive instruction and correction. To be able to counteract that stubborn heart. And, you know, I'm the only one that can correct my stubborn heart. Yeah. So unteachable. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 1.7. Opinionated. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Proverbs 18.2. Does not prepare his heart to follow wisdom. Of what use is money in the hands of a fool, since he has no desire to get wisdom? Proverbs seventeen sixteen. No reasoning. Like a lame man's legs that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Proverbs twenty six seven. Delights to speak evil. Better a poor man who whose walk is blameless than a, a fool whose lips are perverse. Proverbs nineteen one. He mocks sin. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Proverbs 14.9. A mischief maker. (laughs) A fool finds pleasure in evil conduct. Proverbs 10.23. Now you can see this as young as four years old. You can see that he's not going to take correction and that he's going to make mischief and he's going to triangulate his friends to do it with him. (laughs) So an anger problem. A fool shows his annoyance at once. Proverbs 12.16. A fool gives full vent to his anger. Proverbs 29.11. Provoked easily. Stone is heavy and sand a burden, but provocation by a fool is heavier than both. Proverbs 27.3. Loss of inheritance. He who brings trouble on his family will inherit the wind. Proverbs 11.29. A meddling, quarrelsome man. It It is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick quarrel. Meddle. Hmm. Proverbs 23. Yes, yeah, so a reckless and hot-headed. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, 
but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. Proverbs 14, 16. Methods of correcting a second-level fool. Let's look at these. Appeal to him about the consequences of his actions. Proverbs 8, 5 through 7, 23, 9, 26, 4, and 29, 9. Do not debate with him. Proverbs 26, 5. Restrain him. Proverbs 19, 29, 26, 3. Do not honor him. Proverbs 24, 7, and 26, 1. Avoid his companionship. Proverbs 13, 20, and 14, 7, and instruct him, Proverbs 1, 8. So how do I correct a second-level fool? I appeal to him about the consequences. I don't debate with him. I restrain him. I don't honor him. I avoid his companionship, and I instruct him. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to (laughs) pray. The Holy Spirit convicts us and empowers us to change, teaches ourselves through the warning in Scripture, Read Proverbs every day, correct ourselves, find accountability partners, humble ourselves, educate ourselves so we don't follow a fool or worse, marry a fool. (laughs) Yeah, if you marry a fool, you're in trouble. (laughs) You're in trouble. You're going to be pulling your hair out every day. So let that Holy Spirit convict you. We literally draw near to God, draw near to his word, learn his word. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to end up in shame. The wise inherit honor, but shame shall be the promotion of fools in Proverbs 3.35. So now we're going to go to the next level fools, which is mockers and scorners. So first we had a simple naive fool. And then we went to uh, a mischievous fool. And then when they graduate from being mischievous, now they're going to mock. They're going to make a mock. They're going to call good evil and evil good. And a scorner is after his father, Satan. And it says a scorner means he's not going to be able to sleep until he's upset somebody. That's his goal is to get revenge, to upset somebody. So start reading the definition here. A mocker mocks anyone who won't sin with him, and he mocks anything he doesn't understand. A scorner has snake-like venom and is only loyal to himself and will use it on anyone who stands in his way. Wow. A scorner has snake-like venom and only loyal to himself. A mocker. Treats others with contempt and ridicule. He defies and challenges authority. He scoffs at purity and righteousness. A scorner. Openly dislikes, disrespects authority, and is indigent. Indignant. Indignant with anyone who disagrees with him. He is incorrigible. Incorrigible and cannot be directed or taught. Now, I bet you saw a lot of that in prison. Yes, I've seen a lot of them in prison. Yeah, but you know, this started with not getting instruction and training and understanding how to apply wisdom to their lives. And because of the wounded heart and the misunderstood, the misjudged, the abandoned, the neglected, they just keep graduating into harder core um, walls to get around their heart. And then it gets a hold of them and it becomes a part of their character. So the characteristics of a mocker scorner is uncontrollable devilish, mean-spirited, troublemaker, bent on corrupting others, and incorrigible, which means you cannot correct him. So start right there. Uh, Hates you. Do not rebuke a mocker, or he will hate you in Proverbs 9, 8. Hates those who correct him. A mocker resents correction. He will not consult the wise, Proverbs 15, 12. Rejects rebuke. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke, Proverbs 13.1. Can't find wisdom. A mocker seeks wisdom and finds none in Proverbs 14.6. 
refuses wisdom and correction. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but a whoever heeds correction shows prudence in Proverbs 15.5. Delights in scorning, hates knowledge. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Proverbs 1.22. Mocks justice. A, a corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Proverbs 19.28. Proud, haughty. Proud and haughty, scorner is his name, who deals in proud wrath. Proverbs twenty one twenty four. Contentious. Drive out a mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. Proverbs twenty two ten. Abomination. The schemes of folly are sin, and men detest a mocker. Proverbs twenty four nine. That's detestment means an abomination. Odious. Odious. Repugnant. Repugnant. (laughs) Repugnant or hateful to society. Mockers stir up a city, but the wise men turn away anger. Proverbs 29, 8. Methods to correct a mocker, scorner. So punish him, and the simple will beware. In Proverbs 19, 25, 21, 11. Give him strong punishments. In Proverbs 19, 28. 9. Expel him and cast him out. Proverbs 22.10. Expect God to mock him. Proverbs 3.34. He reaps what he sows in Galatians 6.7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap in Galatians 6.7. So as a, a parent of one who just would not receive correction, um, there was some abandoned wounds. There was uh, some neglect when I was working full-time and going to school full-time, you know, caregivers that he was with didn't always uh, pay attention to him. So there was there was a lot of deep hurts in his life. And when things happened, he, he hardened his heart. Instead of going to the Lord for comfort and to the Holy Spirit to be his father, he basically went to his friends, and he found friends that were the higher-level fools, and he followed them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Deal. Definitely. So in the exercise here, I want you to recognize your emotional defilement. Is it yours? Does it belong to someone else? Is it unhealthy? And can you grow from it? So a lot of times I want to look at the things that I'm doing that's causing me to defile myself with my own foolish behaviors, my own foolish ways that I'm following in my life. And I don't want to contaminate myself. Instead, I want to say, okay, there there it is, Lord. Show me in your word. And, and I'll get two or three scriptures Uh, on anger or on bitterness or on forgiveness and I'll start working through them and speaking to myself with that kind of wisdom and that uh, the word is living and it will come alive in my heart it does take time yes and it takes fighting my flesh yes it does it it takes wanting it more than I want to run amok (laughs) you know there's something about putting up those walls of rebellion that feels like it's protective there's something about anger that makes me feel safe. It makes me feel powerful. But it actually does the opposite. It builds a fear bond. And um, then I use anger to deflect, to keep people away from me so I don't have to trust and I don't have to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a protective mechanism. I spent most of my life doing that, actually. I didn't want nobody to know anything about me. I didn't want to let nobody in. Because in prison, that's what we do. We don't. Mm. Friendship is overrated in there because really, like we talked earlier, uh, if if somebody's coming up trying to befriend me, it's because they want something really. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. they're trying to manipulate, use. 
I mean, every once in a while, I guess you'll find some friends in church or something like that in there. But if if they're coming up to you, they could be like, hey, how you doing, buddy? The next question out of their mouth will probably most likely be, hey, man, you got a, you got a, some food I can get until this time yeah. next week? And you'll never see them again or something like that. It's just a manipulation. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> So what you're talking about is flattery. Yeah. People coming and flattering you to get what they want. Yes. You're talking about uh, discerning selfish people. And uh, you want to you wanna give some of those that are in prison some hope? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know that there's definitely hope out here. There's definitely, I know that if I can do it, they can do it. All they got to do is seek God. Mm. Tell them how long he was in prison. Uh, probably Close to 16 years, like 15 years, seven months. Okay, so Josh is doing good. He's doing not just good. He's doing really good. Yes, God is good. He's drawing near the Lord. He taught Sunday school class a few weeks ago. He's in church every time the doors are open. He's really into his Bible. He's into the Word. He's correcting himself. How did you find Christ? Um, Well, my grandpa, see, uh, he, he had a Bible at the end of his, he had a, table sort of like this one right here and he had one opened and he would just read it every single morning and I would always go down there to work with him and he would tell me little things and that just planted a seed right there and he was my hero so I I got the seed planted then but Mm -hmm. see I only had to only grasp the concept of God and then would be bitter because I was like how are these people staying sober and staying out of prison with the concept of God when it's not the concept of God you need to seek. It is the Lord and God and treat him as your father. Mm. And that is what you need to seek. Have a relationship. That's it. Because being judged, the judging God, will you'll rebel against. Mm-hmm. The loving God, mm. you'll fall in love with. Absolutely. And that's why that changed everything. That was what changed it for me. So you found God's grace. Yes. <laughs> and I love him. And I, when you love somebody, you'll sneak up. You'll sneak up. Uh, uh, what do they call lattices on the outside of the window to get a peck kiss? <laughs> you know what I mean? I see Josh do that with his girl. <laughs> he sneaks so, up behind her. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you fall in love with Christ, you want to yeah. be more like him. Well, and you want to be with him. With him all, yes, a lot. all the time. Yes. And so it's not a drudgery to read your Bible. No. It's a, I can't wait yes. to see what God's going to put yeah. in my heart today. So what you're telling me is that the fire of the Holy Spirit burns in your heart. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, it, and it's like a natural high. Yes. You know those walls that we put up, we talk about, that you put up and you make for other people to stay out? Well, God put up those walls to keep drug addiction in to where a lot of people say, I think about it every day or I, I miss it. I love it. And that's false. Like, because I don't. I don't miss it. I don't love it. It kept me away from him. Amen. Amen. So let's read the application. Um, it is a vital skill. Okay. It is a vital skill to learn the different levels of a fool. I knew I need to identify foolishness within myself and to be wise enough to steer clear of the confusion brought on by fools. I can be defiled by my own foolishness or the foolishness of others. If I learn to recognize it, renounce it, reject it, and live above it, above my foolishness, I can stand strong in wisdom and discernment during times of conflict. Hmm. Yeah, so I need to identify my foolishness and go above, go to higher ground. Like uh, the little goats, they got hinds feet, they go to higher ground, and when they get up there, they eat the nice tender grass. So Hosea says, um, Habakkuk says, 
the prophet Habakkuk said, give me hinds feet to go to higher ground and I'll praise the Lord. So I need to get to that higher ground and just praise God when things are happening that normally would have hardened my heart. Instead, I need to say, no, mm -mm. I'm going to renounce that. I'm going to reject it. I'm going to live above that. I'm going to live on, in the high tower of the Lord. So my foolishness can be quickly remedied by the diligent determination to respond well to instruction and correction. We have been born fools by default and can only become wise through... Intentionality. Intentionality. So the cure is... Accept correction immediately. While it is small. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. I have a friend, and I will call her, and I'll tell her what's going on, and I'll say, correct me. Tell me where my thinking is wrong. I did this for almost 20 years. <laughs> and she unraveled all kinds of my false thinking. And she was always so gentle. She'd say, now... Now, I had to correct this in myself, so I'm not judging. And so mm -hmm. I never felt judged. I always felt loved by her, and I always felt that she had a word for me from the Lord that would help me correct myself. But I was also asking for it. I was going to the one that I knew would not just tell me what I wanted to hear, yes. but she would tell me what God's word says. A true friend. Yeah. Accept instructions and correction. So again, I want to accept instruction and correction. I, you know... Joshua, if I can't hear instruction, if I'm not listening for it, um, I'm not going to catch it. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness or right living in 2 Timothy 3.16. So I need to go to the scripture and I need to use it like a mirror and I need to say, Lord, show me where I'm dirty. So the warning. He will die without instruction, with lack of discipline. Led astray by his own great folly. Proverbs 5.23. So the principle is emotional maturity owns complete responsibility to give instruction and correction. Until, In, oh. Yeah, go ahead with the conclusion. Until we own our own inner spirit, our own thoughts, and think the thoughts he want, we want to think, we are governed by the noise of those around us. Hmm. Govern your inner self by intentionally developing an ear that listens for instruction and correction. I cannot trust my own ways, so I trust God's ways, hmm. and I repeatedly speak the word of God to myself to break the habitual patterns of immature behaviors. I have a lot of immature behaviors. I have a lot of noise going on, <laughs> and I can't listen to that. I've literally got to reject it, renounce it, move it, and say, okay, what's God's word say? So defilement questionnaires. Here's a little questionnaire. I want you to kind of uh, think about these questions and kind of, um, to the best of your ability, mark 1 to 10 as to how well you can do this. Number one, how well can I receive instructions? Number two. Am I listening intently for instructions? Number three. How easily can I be corrected? Number four. Can I take corrections without being offended? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, if I'm offended, I'm not going to hear it, Emma. Mm -mm. You're right. Number five. Can I humble myself and ask a trusted friend, mentor, for a correction? Mm -hmm. Number six. How well can I recognize foolish behaviors, mine and others? Number seven. What behaviors do I need to correct? Mm, i got to get a list. Uh, and you know... I'd say about once or twice a month, I'll say, Lord, uh, test me, you know, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me and show me, show me where I'm going astray. And, and you know, there's always just little things that creep in that you got to keep on top of. Number eight. Name some of the things that have been said to defile you and renounce them. 
examples of this. So sometimes there's voices in our heads that's not the Lord. It's maybe a parent, maybe a teacher, maybe a sibling, maybe somebody that um, you were in a relationship with before, and they'll say, you are stupid. Uh, You will never amount to anything. You can't do anything right. Well, instead, I want you to change that. I want you to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yes, I can do it all because he can do it in and through me. And I, I... if I fail, I can get up and try again. You know, so I want you to start talking to yourself differently. And when these thoughts come in, I want you to recognize whose thoughts are those and do I want to listen to them? Hmm. So number nine. Name some of the things that have been done to you and renounce their power over you. Mm. So whether you were beaten, molested, humiliated, abused, verbally, physically, financially, if you were sold, um, mistreated like trash abandoned neglected misunderstood rejected i want you to look at these things that have got power over you that's given you deep wounds and i want you to say i don't think so i ain't going there no more so in first john 4 4 you dear children are from god and have overcome them because one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The other verse I want you to remember is Romans 8, 37. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So be able to know that if I will bask in his love, draw near to his love, I'm going to be more than a conqueror, and there's nothing that's going to separate me from his love. So I want you to pray us out of here, Josh. Lord, give me the grace to understand myself. Help me to grow in wisdom and maturity. Help me to overcome foolishness and to be more than a conqueror through Christ. Jesus, who loves me and lives in me, help me to receive instruction and correction easily. Thank you for your eternal love that covers me even when I am struggling. Mm. Secure me with your righteousness hand. Your righteous right hand. So sometimes I'm struggling. And sometimes I am going to fall unless I depend upon his righteous right hand to hold me up. So if you're stumbling, if you're staggering, I want you to go get a friend. I want you to sit down with some coffee. I want you to say, hey, I really need some help right here. And I want you to help um, others when they're stumbling. I want you to be able to get a couple people in your life that can help give you instruction and correction that you can go to and you can cry it out. And if you can't find anybody, then go to a counselor. Sometimes that's what you got to do. And then I want you to secure for yourself that righteous right hand of the Lord and just know that he's got me. He says he'll never leave me or forsake me. So this is The Rocker Recovery. And this is Josh Bond. And this is Angie Meadows. You want to hear this again? It's on our podcast on Rocker Recovery on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. And we'll see you later. See you later.